Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode... Is this 136 or 137? <laughs> I don't know! Episode 136 or 137 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. Whew! If you need to take a deep breath, just take one with me right now. <laughs> oh, I made it here in just the nick of time, five seconds to the show starting, so I'm very pleased with myself. <laughs> I've been playing catch-up from not being online for a whole week, and what's happening to me is this actually was not intentional. I didn't go on vacation or anything. If you read my newsletter, you know what happened to me. <laughs> Bed bugs happened to me, and I'm not going to get into all of that because I've talked plenty about it. Um, if you want to know the whole story, go back through your inbox and open my newsletter. <laughs> but um, I've noticed when I take breaks now from the Internet, especially long breaks, which I think a week is, it's getting harder and harder each time to catch up. So if you sent me a message or an email and you're feeling ignored, I am definitely not ignoring you. Some people might have fallen through the cracks. Um, Give me a few days. If you don't hear back from me, try again. Um, But I think I've got it under control. I think I'm... I'm on top of it, so hopefully that won't happen. And I just realized, too, we're 10 days into November, and the last time I talked to you here, Halloween hadn't even happened yet. So I hope you had a very happy Halloween and a super sacred Samhain, and that you're enjoying this period of winter transition. We're finally getting, like, some cooler, windier breezes here, and it's kind of sort of feeling like fall, even though we really don't get the seasons here in Los Angeles like some of you other people do. Um, And today, actually, let's just get into the subject before I just start going off the rails rambling, because I'm not super prepared, but I could talk about today's subject all day long. Um, What did I call the show today? Your, the fairy tale... Something, the fairy tale of your life, making it up as you go along. So if you saw that, and that's why you tuned in today, and you're like, oh, I love fairy tales. It's This isn't really a show about fairy tales. It's about your life and the stories of your life. The theme for October was tarot, tarot, and the theme for November is going to be storytelling, although there is a little overlap here. The two have so much to do with each other, but I still have that Kim Huggins interview that will be going up hopefully this Thursday, and um, I'm going to do a little blog post roundup that I think is really interesting 
Um, and then maybe I'll mention tarot today. But the reason I want to talk about today's subject is because I want to move into this theme of storytelling and the stories that you tell in your own life. A lot of people who are drawn to paganism or witchy anything are into myths, fairy tales, folklore, legends. And I think that's for good reason. That's powerful stuff. Women Who Run With The Wolves is phenomenal. If you're looking for content that like really dives into the folklore that shapes us as a culture and different cultures all around the world and really breaks it down, Clarissa Pinkola Estes' book, Women Who Run With The Wolves, that was actually July's theme. I did Witches Who Run With The Wolves, but it was really all about that book. So if you're really like hankering for some folklore and fairy tales and some stories that way, go back to July and revisit those videos and blog posts and episodes here. And I think that'll really scratch that itch. (laughs) Um, Also, I wanted to mention again, Lori Cabot, because I've never been a person who's gotten into like the ancient myths and stuff that so many witches are into. I've always been like, Uh, You know, it's just not interesting to me. It doesn't grab me. I just don't care. And But I can see all the people around me care, and they're like, you know, so into the gods and the goddesses and this ancient pantheon and that ancient pantheon and this myth and folklore, like it really speaks to them. So I always felt like, you know, hey, I'm missing something here that everybody else is getting. When I got Lori Cabot's book, The Witch and Every Woman, I got it because she has a knack for telling ancient Celtic myths. She's really into the Celtic folklore. She tells them in a way that's resonant for a modern person, in my opinion. It resonated with me, and it really helped me to understand my fellow witches and like what you guys are going on about all the time. It really, really was helpful for me. So I would say those two books... They're both women. That's interesting to me. I feel like, is there a male version of Women Who Run With The Wolves or The Witch and Every Woman? Because if there's not, and there's a man listening here who's interested in that and who has a knack for writing, I say you write that book because I don't know why men are being left out of this equation. I guess y'all have your superheroes? Is that what it is? I don't know. Um, And it's funny, too, how women in Hollywood are always fighting, you know, for their story to be told or talking about how women's voices aren't being heard as much in Hollywood as male voices. And then you have two books like that, and I think that's just an interesting little flip there. But just moving beyond myths and fairy tales and folklores, stories are everywhere. So beyond the obvious, television Do people even say television anymore, TV, (laughs) movies, books, magazines? You know, we all grew up on stories. If you go to church or temple or something structured like that, the pastor or priest or rabbi will probably end up telling a story to illustrate the lesson of that Sunday or whatever, that church service. I'm trying to be non-denominational here. (laughs) I just feel like I'm painting myself into a corner. But you get my point. The pastor will tell a story to illustrate a lesson. And that story is there for a purpose. It gets you on board emotionally, and it allows you to take the lesson to heart. 
advertisers, marketers, even really good salespeople, um, they will use story to convince you that you really, really need the thing that they're trying to sell to you. Talented ones will have you so on board you don't even know what's happening. <laughs> uh, where else do stories show up in our lives? As kids, our parents tell us bedtime stories to relax us and help us have sweet dreams, or maybe they want to impart some lesson to us. I was really curious. I still am. I'm always asking my family about uh, their lives their childhoods and, you know, how did you meet grandpa? Or I love to ask about my tea party grandma, my favorite ancestor and who I actually knew up until, I can't remember if she died when I was somewhere around fifth grade and um, the most magical woman ever, but I only know her from a child's perspective. So I love to ask questions about her and I just love those stories. I've actually videotaped my family telling stories about um, their lives because I, I want to capture those stories and share them with future generations. Um, it, kids, slumber parties, I don't know like why we get off on this, but we would tell each other ghost stories to like scare the crap out of each other and ourselves, <laughs> and that always worked. I would get more scared telling stories than hearing someone else's stories. You know, I would get, like, chills <laughs> and start to kind of salivate. I just – and I enjoyed it. I, like, liked scaring the crap out of myself, which goes back to what I was saying last month when I was talking about the tarot, about how the power of the mind, the air, the swords, it feeds the emotions, the water, or the cups, which in turn flows into action, fire, and wands, hopefully – if you're doing magic, if you're using magic um, that way and using that school of thought, you're actually telling yourself stories or setting an intention, but hopefully there's like a why behind it or an outcome that you're looking to create that generates an emotion in you and gets you into action so you can make that thing happen. And stories that we tell ourselves, like I was just saying about the ghost stories, that can be very, very powerful. And I think about this sometimes when I see who little ki- little kids who want to dress up as Disney princesses or superheroes. Our culture has gotten so <laughs> over the top with this. So, like, you know, long past Halloween, you'll be, like, shopping at Target and you'll see a little sh- superhero go walking by. <laughs> Like the parents have just surrendered to this desire in the kids and the marketing that's all around them. And that's because these are the myths of today. This is the folklore of today. These stories, you know, Frozen, uh, all the superhero movies, Brave, that was such a good one. Um, these stories are so powerful and they create such emotion that they actually have the ability to shape who your children become so be conscious of that and you know I grew up in a very controlling environment where really I mean our parents we watched the Cosby show and stuff like that which har 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 (laughs) coming full circle on that I don't know how wholesome (laughs) the mind of Cosby was but that was like a wholesome TV show we were allowed to watch we watched Little House on the Prairie and stuff like that. But 
really, I wasn't supposed to listen to the radio. I had to sneak it, which is why to this day I love rock and roll and swearing and all the bad stuff that I was denied. But I can kind of see, like, the point in that. I mean, they were trying to create a good Christian woman out of me. Um, but I, I think there's power, too, in really being conscious of the things you let, the stories you let your children absorb, especially when they're very small. You know, don't sit them down in front of Halo and think that's your babysitter because that's going to change who they are as people. You'll hear a lot of people, especially in the law of attraction community, they refuse to watch the news. And I'm kind of like that to some extent. I I will walk out of the room if someone turns the news on because I just don't want that shit going in my mind. And I definitely don't want to be totally ignorant in regards to the day's current events, but I have the websites I like to go to to kind of get the cliff notes of what's going on. I have a very well-edited Twitter stream, and I keep lists on Twitter. So if I'm curious about what's going on, I know where to go where I don't get the story the stories that they tell. And if you do watch the news, the next time you watch the news, watch the way they tell the stories, the way the inflections they use in their voice, the the music that happens like around it. It's so manipulative and I don't need to spend 30 minutes to an hour every day of my life hearing the worst of what has happened in the world spun into these stories that generate so much fear and dread and gloom and often do so in order to further someone else's agenda, some politician, some law they're trying to put into place, some corporation that wants you to do X, Y, Z, or some product they're trying to sell, or, you know, often... Gosh, I'm going to go off on a tangent. The media, let's just say this. The media needs stories or they don't exist. News stations, they need stories. So they get pitched stories all day long. And if you're smart, if you're a publicist and you want your story to make it on the 5 o'clock news, you have, if you want your product, excuse me, to make it on the 5 o'clock news, you have to wrap it in a story that the news station will think is engaging for their viewers. So you might be selling bed bug spray. <laughs> but you can't call the news station and be like, hey, we have this new and improved bed bug spray that will kill everybody's bed bugs. Isn't that cool? They'll be like, eh. If you call them and you're like, did you know that there is a growing epidemic of bed bugs and that they're spreading through the middle class neighborhoods of America because now the bed bugs are immune to the chemical? Like you spin it into this whole story that gets people's attention. And um, I think that's powerful. If you're a person that watches Alex Jones or if you've ever gone through a period, which I have myself gone through a period of watching Alex Jones and all the conspiracy theorists on YouTube. I used to love Freeman. <laughs> he loved to, like, break down, did you see that McDonald's sign? It's really the sign that Satan is here. <laughs> These stories that they weave around everything, the stories – Spun on Alex Jones' YouTube channel in particular, they they will spin you. Those <laughs> the stories spun will spin you out into crazy town. They will make you paranoid as 
frack. And that, to me, is not empowerment. If you're watching that, like, how empowered do you feel? I mean, maybe at, at first it gives you that false sense of empowerment, like, yeah, this is what the government is doing. This is what they're trying to do to me, and this is how I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to stockpile all this food. I'm going to make sure I have a gun under my couch and under my bed and in my car, and I'm going to, like, watch my neighbors to make sure they're not going to steal my water supply. <laughs> it's like, okay, you that has a certain energy to it, definitely, and you might your intention's good, you want to protect your family, you think the end of the world is coming, and you're you're gonna be prepared while all the people around you are fucked. <laughs> you and your family are gonna have more water and more food from everybody. And then the problem is the people who didn't prepare are gonna to try to break in to your house. So you have to protect yourself with weaponry. Those damn Democrats are trying to take your guns. <laughs> it just starts spinning and spinning and spinning and it's so compelling and terrifying it's not empowerment it's fear-mongering which is the worst kind of storytelling stories that paralyze to the point of inaction or negative action they have no place in my life personally i'm also there's a lot of different kinds of christians just like there's a lot of different kinds of witches just a lot of just like, there's a lot of different kinds of people. But I've noticed the church I grew up in started very, very small in, like, a little rec room, and it has built out into this huge thing. But the people who founded it, my parents included, were founding members. We were all either very young and, you know, poor, just starting out in life, or, like, very, very lower, lower middle class. Everybody lived in tract housings. We were surrounded by dirt tract houses, excuse me. We were surrounded by dirt. It was not glamorous. But I've noticed um, those particular Christians, I'm not going to speak for all Christians, but they've all, now they're all driving around in Mercedes and BMWs and they have these big, beautiful houses and all these things and they give away tons of money to charity. They're always raising money for this or that cause and they're active, like in general. Just generally speaking, stereotyping this entire group of people that go to this one church. And I think it's because of the stories that they're telling about their own lives, the stories they tell about Jesus, and then kind of the stories of each other's lives. Like they see what's possible in each other's lives and it kind of eggs them on. And in general, I actually would say that they're pretty happy and on top of it and enjoying their lives here (laughs) and making the most of it it's really interesting to me to go back and see how that particular church and my family and all the friends you know of my family how their lives have developed because of the stories they tell like for example jesus has a plan for you you know trust in the lord with all of your might lean not on your own understanding (laughs) like Jesus will carry you through. <laughs> this was, I mean, all the songs of, that I grew up on were about that, all the Bible verses, the stories. You've probably, even if you're not a Christian, heard the story of the footprints in the sand, about, you know, the guy asked Jesus, you know, they were walking, they're on the beach and they see the two footprints in the sand walking along and, And then the guy wants to know why Jesus abandoned him at one point while there's only one footprint in the sand. And Jesus says, no, that was the point where I was carrying you. 
Um, and that's profound. When you grow up on stories like that, it gives you a kind of faith that really can see you through horrible times. My family is incredibly resilient in the face of tragedy. It's remarkable, really. And, um, you know, think of stories like Jonah in the belly of the whale, Daniel in the lion's den. They're not just stories about Jesus. They're stories about faith overcoming tragedy and great odds. And then when you move from Christians to the opposite end of the pole, to Luciferians, I think the stories that those people are telling are really interesting. I was so excited. I was nervous to have Jeremy Crow um, to do the video interview for Heavy Witch Way with him, and then Jacob No here on Hippie Witch, because I didn't know what you guys were going to think, and I was pleasantly surprised at how open-minded and embracing you are of people like that. But it's interesting to me how they're spinning a new tale about Lucifer and saying, no, no, Lucifer's not Satan as depicted by Christians. It's this empowering figure. April Shaley, who I interviewed recently, is interesting to me in that way. She's really embraced like the dark goddess, the darker aspects of Venus, Lilith, Pluto. And you see these stories now that people are telling now. They're transforming the old stories that so many of us grew up on into new stories that are more empowering, which is what those of us in the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year what we're doing right now with the winter transition, you can totally hop on board with that if you want to. That will be up all the way up until Yule, until the winter solstice goes up. And I will remind you, this is your last chance to do the whole wheel of the year as a year and a day because I'm taking it offline at this time next year. But we're doing the Crafty Witch project we're doing is about transforming your shadow in that way and telling a new story which we have a dark moon going on right now. It's right before the new moon in in Scorpio. So I think doing that kind of shadow work is really, really interesting, not just for this dark moon moving into the new moon, but any dark moon. If you like to work with the phases of the moon, um, this is a really neat time for transforming the shadow and thinking about telling new stories in your life. So, you know, you step into the shadow during the dark moon, you see what's there, what stories you're telling yourself that aren't empowering. And then the next day on the new moon, that new fresh spark of light, that new fresh burst of energy, you transform the story into something more empowering. And then you can spend the building phase of the next two weeks, the waxing energy, setting that new story up as a reality in your mind. And if you have a lot of negative stories, <laughs> if your whole life is one big downer, then making this a regularly month, a regular monthly practice for one whole year, it could significantly shape your future. It could change your entire reality. And before I get to the end of this show, which I see is coming up fast, I actually want to propose a little experiment for you. Um, that might be interesting just to work with the concept we're talking about today, and that is to check in with yourself several times this week to see if you can identify one negative story that you tell, like whether you're telling it to your best friend on the phone, 
it's like the same old crap story you're telling your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or wife about who they are or what they've done to you or just a story you tell about yourself about what is possible or what is not possible, something like that. Notice a story that kind of has its hooks into you or one that you've told so many times it doesn't even have hooks. It's just a matter of fact. And then transform it. Tell a new story. Look at that situation. And even if it doesn't feel true, just tell it from a more positive angle, a more empowering angle, and see if it doesn't change the way you look at that person or look at yourself or look at the possibilities of your own life. So, yes, I just remembered the title of this show, The Fairy Tales of Your Life, Making It Up As You Go Along. You do get to make it up as you go along, and you should. It's your story to tell. You are the writer, director, and star of your own damn show or novel. <laughs> you get to make you get to make guest appearances in many other stories, but your life, stuff that happens to and for you in between your birth and death, death, that is for you to shape at will. You could also do this um experiment, you know, kind of thinking about transforming your shadow or just transforming an old uh, story that you keep telling. If you want something that's less maybe directly personal to you or if you're having a hard time tapping into that vibe, you could do this using one of the more so-called negative tarot cards like the tower or the devil, one that kind of scares you. And give that a positive spin, which, I mean, if you have trouble with that, go look online. I mean, I am not the only hippie witch out there, you know. There are many people who have come to witchcraft by way of the law of attraction. And the new age movement has not only infiltrated the witchy community, it's changed it. And it's changed the way we look at tarot cards. So now, you know, every card has this positive, empowering spin to it if you do a bit of reading on the Internet. And I think that that's why these two themes for October and November flow so well together because tarot readers are natural storytellers. That's what you're doing when you read a a tarot spread. You're telling a story. And astrologers are like that too, which again, go look up April Shaley. She tells stories in a way that helps you understand the astrological weather and it gives it meaning. It's not just like this planet's direct here and this trine is happening there and then there's this sextile and this is what it means for you. She tells a story and it's animated and it's interesting and engaging kind of in the way The Witch and Every Woman did for me with the Celtic mythology. April Shaley. She has the ability, I'm sorry, I said that slow on purpose, <laughs> so you would hear the name, but it's it's on my YouTube channel. Go dig around, you'll see. Um, she, she tells stories, and it really helps you tap into what is going on right now. Um, so, gosh, I was going to hit this thing from another angle, but I see I'm really running out of time. Um, I do want to quickly mention, though, how storytelling might apply to the mundane ins and outs of your everyday existence. So how would that be? Um, let me just quickly, <laughs> in a nutshell, say what I'm trying to say. Have you ever rehearsed 
an argument in your head before you had the argument. So you're like building your case and working your angle and maybe making it a little bit more dramatic in order to sway the other person to see your point. That is storytelling. <laughs> That's very um and that and that it can it can serve you or it can hurt you however you want to look at it that's why i'm encouraging you to kind of play around with and see how the stories you tell actually affect your emotions and ultimately your behavior think about the stories that people tell when um they're toasting someone they love at a wedding who's getting married you know the great stories that make everyone laugh and cry um and the thing i really want to get to I think I'll just I'll just pick this up next week maybe I'm not sure but um the stories that you tell about your childhood I think are really profound. So if you're telling a poor me childhood story, try to remember the good parts of your childhood, tell it in a new way and see if it doesn't change the way you feel about your family and yourself. So I will be back here next week talking at you. I'm totally out of time. I'm so happy to be back, though. Thank you so much for all of the support and kind well wishes you sent me. Until we meet again, much love. Peace.